You're tuned in to Nerd Overload, your weekly pop and geek culture show covering movies, TV, games, and comics. Sponsored in part by Dark Iron Cosplay Designs. Now your hosts, Cody Pinnock, Sam Dunham, and Josh Harrison. Hey everybody, welcome to Nerd Overload, the pop and geek culture show that's eaten 30 pizzas over the course of 30 days and definitely can notice the drop in quality. <laughs> Wow, that's a that's a callback for the uh, the old Pizza Man, yeah, uh, Papa John's guy. It's it's an oldie but a goodie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm Cody, by the way, not I'm, not the Papa Pizza Man. <laughs> I'm Sam, and this week we have a special guest with us, uh, returning guest uh, Josh Neelis from uh, Cutthroat Comics. Josh, how you doing? Uh, pretty good. Can't complain, I guess. Oh, good, 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 good to hear. So, uh, so before we get into this week's uh, show proper, I think I want to take a few minutes and kind of talk to you a little bit about Cutthroat Comics and your uh, your couple of Kickstarters that you're running right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, you picked my favorite topic. Hey, there we go. All right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, uh, so this is your uh, these are your second and third Kickstarters that you've run. Um, so, and the 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 one that you're running is for Turkey Sharks number two. Is that correct? Yep, yep. So we did, uh, what was it, uh, mid last year, we did Turkey Sharks 1, and that was the first Kickstarter I'd ever even attempted. Mm-hmm. You know, and our goals are low, but I mean, that's just so we can get a chunk, you know, to get this thing made and, and help it not come out of the company's pocket full on. But that one was almost 300% funded. I think it was like 278% funded or something like wow. that. Wow, wow, that's impressive. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was very happy with that. And then this one was funded in 45 minutes. Um, and yeah, I think we're sitting at like, uh, so it it launched last Friday. Uh, so six days ago Mm -hmm. at the time of recording this. And, uh, I think we're sitting at like 208% funded or something like that. Somewhere, somewhere around there. I can't remember exactly what, what it's at right now. Wow. That's really impressive. Good job, man. Yeah, so, thank you. Uh, so, uh, for the listeners at home, what is, uh, the kind of the elevator pitch for, uh, Turkey Sharks? Yeah, so, I mean, Turkey Sharks is my version of the Avengers in my Cutthroat Comics world. Um, and it's just all my characters kind of rolled into one. I used to do three separate series, and we've we've merged those into one series so I can better better pump out books with, with uh, all these characters bouncing off each other. Some of the characters are dark. Some of the characters are very stupid and silly. Uh, some of the characters are in between. So we've got a nice palette of characters to work with in this book. Um, like I said, this is issue two. And you can get issue one through this Kickstarter as well. So if you missed the first one, you can still jump on and get both books. I think our prices are very reasonable. And it, it's a fun story. Um, the people that have read it, I've gotten a lot of really good feedback about it, which makes me happy. Because, you know, like I said, they, they understand that, you know, oh, this character's cool because he's brooding and, and dark. And he's going through some trauma and depression, some alcoholism and all that. But then they also like how some of the other characters play off of each other. And they're stupid and silly and... Mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of pop culture references. It's, it's uh, I don't know, Batman meets Family Guy, I guess. <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. I like that. So uh, so what are some of the things from um, your first Kickstarter that you've taken away to kind of help with uh, running the second one? Since you're, you know, you're, you're now kind of more of a veteran at running Kickstarters. Yeah, honestly, um, you know, I've been doing the comic books since 2015 and all that. And uh, I've made a lot of friends in the business, and I talked to all of them before I did my first one, on top of the knowledge that I just kind of picked up along the way. You know, I really haven't done a lot different necessarily. You know, the, the first one was successful, so why change it? 
But, uh, you know, we've got on the first one, we had a couple cover artists do some variant covers. On this one, I had different artists do some variant covers. And, uh, you know, that seems to be working out. They're, they're adding their name to the list of uh, artists that I've worked with. And, and uh, you know, it's just really cool to get them on these books and uh, lend to the Cutthroat brand. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. You work remotely with your uh, your main artist for the book. Is that correct? Oh yeah, so yeah, very, said, very remotely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna say it's yeah. So uh, so how is uh, how has that been? I know you, we kind of asked this the first time around, but uh, you know it's it's good to kind of talk about you know what's the uh, what's the process of of your of your comics yeah. and how- plus things have gotten even more re- remote since last time we talked. In general. yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I saw on Skype here, it was like 2018 the last time I, I talked to you guys. So I it's think it was, yeah. It's been yeah. a hot minute. Hey, in the, um, yeah, the before mean, time. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, that, was a, that was a different age. Yes. Um, yeah, he and I are very tight now as far as like how we work together and how quick we can get things done and understand. He lives in Italy, uh, for those that didn't catch on. But uh, yeah, and he's busier too, so... It's uh, he, he's his career. I think he's working with some kind of game company or something doing graphics for them. I don't oh, cool. you know, it's overseas. And, you know, I don't I don't know what he was talking about specifically because I don't know anything about that stuff. But, uh, yeah, he, he's his career is taken off and, and the cutthroat brand is kind of taken off a little bit recently. And uh, it, it's good. I'm glad he's having success. And I'm really glad that he still has the time to uh, work on my silly books. <laughs> So uh, one of the other things, you know, along with uh, kind of the, you know, every the way the world is currently, I know a, a good portion of your um, kind of business is going to cons. Uh, and uh, how has that changed? I'm, I'm just curious. How has that changed uh, be- between, you know, then and now uh, with everything uh, with everything going on? Yeah, I mean, two years ago, almost to the day. Uh, I was at Wizard World Cleveland when everything jumped off and well, it didn't jump off. I guess it came to a standstill. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, for like a year, there were no cons and that that crushed the industry as far as especially the indies. You know, a lot of my mm-hmm. friends, you know, we're sitting on our hands, you know, doing nothing except for writing books and creating stories and thinking about all that. I know I pumped out a, a bunch of books that year because I was, wasn't doing anything else. Right. Um. But yeah, they're back. I did I did several cons last year. I was I've actually been talking to a few of my friends. You know, they ask how it's going and stuff. And it's you know as I've progressed through my career of doing this, um, you know, I have more stuff on my table for people to come and look at and choose from. And um, I think I do a good job of having a wide variety of of genres. And you know, I've got kids books and short stories and you know books about suicide and self help and comics. So it's you know. Anybody that walks up to my table, you know, I hope they can find at least one thing they like and then give me money so I can keep doing this. <laughs> that is the goal. Yeah. So uh, so along with uh, the Turkey Sharks uh, Kickstarter, you have a second Kickstarter going as well. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about that? Uh, eh, I don't know if I want to. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Yeah. So when I started this company, you know, it's a publishing company. And uh, I don't want to just publish my stuff. I want to publish for other people. I want to take what I've learned about this business and help the other creators that were like myself that didn't know what to do um, get their stories out into the world. Um, so, yeah, during the pandemic, we released Carl Vincent Vampire Hunter, which was the first book I published that I didn't write, and that's still available. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we have a Kickstarter going for Tales of Shock and Terror, 
which is something totally different than what something I would write. I've written a little bit of horror, but this is not the type of horror I would write necessarily. Mm. Um, so this is kind of like a uh, Tales from the Crypt style kind of thing. Um, but it's it's pretty uh, brutal, I would say. It's definitely not for children, but it's three uh, horror stories inside of one comic. Um, and that's doing really well on Kickstarter too. Um, that's fully funded. I think they're at like 282% funded or something like that. I can't remember. Um, yeah, yeah, they're, they're unlocking stretch goals, just like the Turkey Sharks one is. And, uh, there's, there's four covers. Three of them are Kickstarter exclusive. They'll be gone after that. You won't be able to get them, um, unless they do like a private signing. But uh, yeah, that's going really well too. And it's, I edited this book. So that's my second editing credit outside of my own work. So I'm excited cool. about that to to uh, dive into that to actually be an editor in chief, but it's it's a really cool book. It was all hand drawn by uh, Drew Moreland. I think she lives in Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. And, uh, she's got some really cool videos on the Kickstarter of uh, her doing the drawings, but it's like sped up, so it's really neat. You can see her doing some of the covers, and yeah, her artwork is uh, it's gritty. It's not something you would see from uh, like a normal comic because it's it's got this horror feel to it. And it's it's not clean cut at, at, by any means. It's very uh, horror, I guess, uh, would be the word you would use. Oh, that's that's awesome. That's really cool. And that's really yeah, cool that, that you're kind of good. Yeah, and it's really cool that you're kind of expanding uh, Cutthroat out and and kind of helping out some of the other other folks out there. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, so, that's what we want to do. That's, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So uh, okay, so I think that's pretty much all, all all we have for that, and we'll we'll cycle back around to the uh, your your Kickstarter and stuff. Uh, you know, kind of drop the links here at the near the end of the show. But uh, if you're cool with it, you, um, you want to stick around with us for the rest of the show? Um, yeah, I suppose we can talk about nerd stuff. Oh, okay. Right? <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. So uh, so what we usually do is we get into, uh, for this first half, a little bit of some of the things we've been checking out this week. And I have a little jingle that I typically play. So I'm going to go ahead and hit that. Check it out! <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm going to put you on the spot, Josh. Uh, anything that you've been, uh, do you want to go first or do you want to take a minute to kind of think of something that you've been uh, uh, experiencing outside of, you know, running a, a successful Kickstarter? Um, yeah, I mean, I started uh, uh, redoing a bathroom. Oh, hey, that's fun. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's what we're talking. I mean, I finished watching, uh, I finished watching Euphoria, if that's the, if that's the answer you're looking for, what I've been, oh, what I've sure. been watching. Yeah. So. Absolutely. I haven't had a chance to start it, but uh, I've heard really good things about it. Yeah, I've been thinking about starting that one up, too. It's uh, I make the comparison that it's like 13 reasons why, but kind of there's more crack. <laughs> oh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've heard uh, I've heard Zendaya does on uh, just a fantastic job. And uh, yeah, she, in she's that, uh, so. she's really good. At, and actually, all the kids they're, well, they're probably not kids. They're probably all adults. But uh yeah, they're all, you know, the acting and stuff is really good. And it's very, very tough topics that they tackle. Um, it, it's it's something, that's for sure. I, I liked it all right, uh, the first season more than the second. But, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I don't know if they're doing a third or not. But, uh, yeah. Well, they're prob- they'll probably end up doing a third. It's been it's been getting all sorts of awards and yeah, stuff. So they'll- I'd imagine, I'd imagine too. But, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, worth, it's worth the watch. There's only eight episodes per season. Oh. You can knock it out in a couple of days if you got a little bit of time. It's, it's almost like a British show in that way. 
Yeah. I you know what? I like how the streaming channels are doing like shorter run limited series and then doing multiple seasons of it. Like I know Peacemaker were only went eight or nine episodes and that was yeah. really good. Yeah. I, that was one thing I, I watched. I I, I binged Peace Peacemaker <laughs> and uh was fantastic. But that's a shorter run show and you know, some of the other stuff. Yeah, and, and there and there was no filler on that. It was no. all all killer. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't think I've ever seen Zadia in anything and was like well, that wasn't good. No, <laughs> she's, well, she's fantastic in everything. She's pr- I think pretty great in, in most stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she's going to be uh, a force. I mean, she's she's an executive producer on Euphoria already. So yeah, she's right. she's making all the right moves. And yeah, I think she's she is really good. I think I think yeah. she'll be she'll be around for a while. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Unless I she think... starts like beating up Tom Holland or something, yeah. and then, <laughs> and then I, everybody she, wants her fired from her well, jobs. She, and... she could take him. He's she's got like what a <laughs> foot and a half on him or something. <laughs> I think this Zendaya is going places. <laughs> All right. Well, Cody, do you have anything that you've been uh, checking um, out this week? I have been playing a lot of Elden Ring. Really, a lot. And I know I'd been down on it before. Yeah, I think this is I've, definitely not your style of, of game, yeah, typically. I, I think I've said on the show, I have no interest in Elden Ring. But all the talking about it, just the, the endless Twitter feed of people playing it, and I'm like, well, maybe I should see what this is all about. Even though I'd previously not liked almost every Dark Souls, yeah. Souls game. Mm-hmm. And it turns out I really like this one. I think the open world is the big difference. Because instead of just like banging my head against the same thing that's too hard over and over again a million times, the fact that you can leave and go do something else mm. and like train up your character and to kind of come back better, later, yeah, yeah, that that's the that's all the difference for me, I guess. See, I was gonna say it's the jump button and the horse button. Yeah, that are the, too. Are the difference? Yeah, no. <laughs> So yeah, what uh, I guess for the for the folks listening, what's uh, what's kind of the main thrust of Elden Ring? Uh, it's like a medieval fantasy uh, action adventure game, mm-hmm. uh, co-written by George R. R. Martin, the the Game of Thrones man, the Thronesman himself. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's it's really hard, and it has a really high skill ceiling. Like the other games in this, in not the series, but the the game company from software has kind of a known house style. They do, and yeah. this is very much in their their same style. But now it's got a big open world like the Zelda. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that that uh, they they took it in that direction when yeah. they kind of went, kind of almost like a the same route, like the same type of game over and over and over again. To make this big of a change in their in their game, yeah, because um, the other ones are super linear. Like, they are just like, yeah. I mean, the paths branch, but they always come back around to the same. It's the same ending. Yeah, yeah. cool. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Um, do you think that now that they've done this, they can go back to some of their other IPs? Like, uh, I-, I want Armored Core. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. Armored Core, I, the, I, the robot fighting game. I like Armored I, Core a lot. Yeah, and it's so different than a than a Souls game. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to see them do, because From Software used to do a lot of just weird games. They would just do weird stuff, yeah. Yeah, but they've been in the Souls mines for like the past decade. Yeah. It'd, it'd be nice to see something weird and different from them, even if it is Armored Core, which is not that bizarre, but... No. 
even if they were to do a armored core in a Dark Souls style kind of game where you're running around in a semi-linear fashion and fighting hordes and hordes of monsters. Yeah. Just something different from them, I think, would be kind of neat. But no, I'm glad Elden's good. I, I think the coolest thing about Elden Ring is that it feels like anything could happen in it. Mm, There's mm-hmm. so many like weird off-the-wall events that can happen and stuff can come out of nowhere. It feels like a really it's a really surprising open world, kind of like how uh, Breath of the Wild felt like before you did everything in it. Oh, before yeah. you realized before you... it wasn't as big as you thought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, cool. Uh, so yeah, so as far as uh, I'm concerned, like I said, I watched uh, Peacemaker, which uh, Cody, you were right. I absolutely loved it. It's fantastic. It's, I mean, it's it's a little more cynical than I than the shows that I typically watch. Uh, you know, a little bit more, you know, mean, I guess. But uh, it, I loved it. It still deep down has a heart. It's, it's it not, does. Yeah, yeah, it does. Wow. And that theme song just oh yes. my god, yeah, yes. Nobody. I know. Skips. I know. Like the. The first time I heard the theme song, I was like, this is dumb. And then by like episode three, I was like, this song rocks. Yeah, Yeah, it's yeah, definitely. It's definitely been kind of on repeat for the last couple of days uh, here. But uh, yeah, no, I really liked it. I think everyone in the show did a really, really good job. It's surprising. Like it's it's amazing to, to me to see how James Gunn is able to take former professional wrestlers and find the right role for for them yeah. to where they can actually like act and stuff because like he did it with Batista and now he's done it with John Cena who you know he's varying degrees of of competency when it comes to acting but he does a great job as a, a big dumb idiot yeah <laughs> uh, yeah let's see if I can split your audience on this one okay so I actually think. In my personal, I, I like Guardians One and Two. I, I personally think they're bottom tier of the Marvel movies, but I think it's odd that you take the guy that directed the bottom tier, in my opinion, and he's now made uh, Peacemaker and the, his Suicide Squad, and I think that's top tier of the DC movies. It, it kind of goes to show how much uh, control uh, Marvel has over all of their like how how many hands are in the pie, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, on their stuff as as opposed to uh, <laughs> Warner Brothers and DC, who are basically like do whatever, we don't care. <laughs> These characters are just sitting there. So yeah, I think um, see I. I, I like the Guardians movies. I like Guardians one, you know, a bit more than Guardians two, uh, but I still have a soft spot for those characters in the in those movies. But uh, yeah, I can definitely see where you're coming from with the. Um, yeah, uh, I, th- I think the Guardians movies are just kind of middle of the road for me, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I liked them a lot more before um, Infinity War when Star Lord just really ruined the. Yeah. <laughs> kind of assassinated his character a, a little, little bit. bit. Yeah, a little bit. And now, now it's kind of tainted those movies for me just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. They kind of simplified. They simplified the character down to just yeah. No, he's, I agree he's, with that. He, they made him a huge idiot in, in the Infinity Saga movie. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, beyond that, the other, only other thing I've really been checking out, I. Uh, I finished Pokemon uh, Legends Arceus. I, I I did the thing. I caught them all. And <laughs> you are the master now. I, I am. And that game was great. And I'm probably never going to pick it up again now that I've <laughs> finished the game. I still haven't picked it back up since I beat like the main story part. Oh, yeah. No, I would say it's it's worth completing. But I will also like as soon as you're done with it, 
there is absolutely no reason to go back <laughs> to it. It's just, yeah, because there's no drive to do anything. There's no reason to continue to level up your guys or anything like that. There's no real post-game, post-post-game anything. You, like, you can't battle your friends You can't battle your friends. You can't do anything like that. There's no... Like, yeah, you can find, like, shinies and stuff like that, but who who cares? Especially yeah. in a game where you can't battle your friends or show <laughs> them off or anything like that. It's just for you. So, like, it was good. I would rate it about a 7.5 or 8 out of 10. It's I think that the innovation on it is much better than the actual gameplay just in general. I think if they take what they did with this game and applied it to a bigger style game like well like the new the one that's coming yeah. out i i hope the new one that we didn't put that on the board oh yeah well, we'll that get, is we'll a big time news thing to talk about yeah 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 but uh i hope they pull more from this game than they do sword and shield yeah because sword and shield wasn't great no. in hindsight <laughs> i was its biggest defender when it came out but mm-hmm. now to look back on it i'm like no that that was a pretty bad Pokemon game. In, as far as it goes, yeah, it's not uh, it's not super awesome. After playing that Pokemon uh, Arceus and then Elden Ring back to back, Arceus is Elden baby Elden Ring. Yeah, I, I kind of got that yeah. a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> especially the boss fights that are so, so dodge roll reliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that was the biggest thing at the at the end of the game. It's almost almost a little bit of a letdown. The, the final, final boss, you know, the Ar- Arceus, the one that you're supposed to get at the end of the game. All it is is dodge rolling. There's no battle. So it doesn't it doesn't matter what po- Pokemon you have with it you. It doesn't matter. It's all about it's all about running around, dodging things and throwing yeah, a lot throwing of the other of boss fights were that way. Too. You, if you got an attack off from a Pokemon, that was a nice bonus. Yeah. But the main point was dodge rolling and throwing bags of. Yeah, and that's and that's ultimately the end of this game, and it that's that was a little bit of a letdown. I was kind of hoping for that to be a little bit more of a spectacle, I guess. You know, like I said, about a about a seven and a half or eight out of ten. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I I feel bad for being so video game focused, but I have (laughs) been playing the new Chocobo GP Final Fantasy Mario Kart knockoff. Oh yeah, Um, Yeah, I mean, just came out today as of recording, and I've only I've put a couple hours into it at the most. Yeah, but uh, it's Mario Kart with Final Fantasy paint on it. And, oh, and if that's something you're looking for, then it, it's good. <laughs> um, some of the characters in it are really deep pulls from mm-hmm. Final Fantasy, which I appreciate. Like Terra from Final Fantasy VI is in it. Oh, really? But it's transformed Terra, where she's a pink troll doll monster. Oh, interesting. Which is cool, and her cart is a Magitek armor. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, that's cool. Man, it's been so long since I've played Final Fantasy VI. It's been a really, really long time. The The new Pixel remaster just came I, out, and I've heard good things. I've heard good things as well, but uh, yeah. But yeah, I don't have a lot to say about that game, because there isn't a lot to say. It It is exactly Mario Kart. Same drifting mechanics. I guess there's some items that are different. Mm. There's one that's literally a portal. Oh. That you go in it and you come out like a little ways forward, but it also works as a trap to where if another driver goes into the forward portal, it'll pull them back to where the first one was. Oh, that's dirty. Yeah. Oh, man. I thought that was neat, but yeah. uh, uh, it does have like a season pass thing, which oh. kind of stinks for a game that you also have to buy. Oh, yeah. Um, they give you enough premium currency 
when you buy it first to get like the regular battle pass or whatever it is, mm-hmm. uh, but not the premium one. <laughs> and it just it shouldn't be there because it's a retail game. If it was a free download, then it would make sense. But it's not. It's a fifty dollar video game. So yeah, yeah, that, that's not a great consumer friendly practice. But it's not. But it's not like it's going to go away. Yeah. Well, that's just like what Halo Infinite, the multiplayer, was a free download, and then you have to buy the battle pass to be able to get like all the cool armor and stuff or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that, except you also have to pay 50 bucks for the game, period. <laughs> oh, geez, yeah. 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 I'm worried that's what they're going to do with Street Fighter Six. to be honest with you. I can see them doing I, it. I have a feeling it's going to be microtransaction heavy. I mean, Street Fighter Five was microtransaction heavy as well. Uh, I really wish they would do something along the lines of um, kill, the Killer Instinct from 2012, I think, where that game was technically technically free to play. Like, to download the game, it was free, but you had to buy the season passes for the characters and skins and stuff like that. And I would, and I hope more games would go that route, but, you know. You know, if they have to. If they have to do the microtransaction If they have thing. to, yeah. I'd, I'd rather them not, but, yeah. you know. <laughs> Well, hey, let's go ahead and take a break here, and when we come back, we'll uh, get into some news. Nerd Overload is proudly sponsored by Dark Iron Cosplay Designs. Hey there, true believers. Want to be a superhero? You can. Dark Iron Cosplay Designs specializes in foam and plastic armor suits. Dark Iron also creates custom costumes and high-quality props. More information at DICosplayDesigns.com and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Dark Iron Cosplay Designs. Dark Iron Cosplay Designs in the Marion Center Mall. Hi everyone, I'm Greg Dunham, the host of Long Play here on WZMO. Long Play is a show that appeals to music lovers of all ages. Here's an example. I love Long Play. There you have it. A completely unsolicited endorsement for one of our youngest fans. Grandpa, where's my candy? Ellie, be cool. Grandpa! Ellie and I would like to invite you to tune into Long Play every Friday at 11 p.m. and Saturday at 3 p.m. right here on 104.7 WCMO. Hey, we're back from the break. Let's go ahead and get into some of this news. All right, so yeah, news section. We have a bunch of stuff here. Uh, let's go ahead and get the big one out of the way first. Uh, Disney Plus uh, released a trailer for the new Obi Wan Kenobi limited series, and they're the next in their long list of Star Wars uh, television series. Yeah, single character exploration. Yeah. <laughs> Except that's not really what Boba Fett ended up being. But that's never, but, uh, neither here nor there. Right, right. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, Cody, what would you think of the uh, the trailer? Um, I mean, it looked cool. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of the prequel era, and this is where this takes place in, more or less. Uh, kind of a halfway bridging the gap sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. But aside from that, like, I'm in. I'm going to watch it. I, I love these Star Wars shows. They keep making it. They haven't burnt me yet. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Same, same here. I, uh, I think this is gonna fall like post episode three, pre Rogue One, somewhere kind of in that in that zone. Um, I mean, the trailer doesn't 
you know, for a trailer that shows a lot of stuff, it doesn't really show a whole lot of stuff. Yeah, there's no like narrative lead you not to a, grasp on. Not at all, other than hey, they're hunting Jedi and someone has come to Tatooine to get rid of Obi-Wan. That's basically what you get from the trailer. It's a lot of sand, a lot of brown. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, yeah, See, it's, for me, this is the one I'm most excited about. Um, like, I like... I, I'm not a huge, huge Star Wars fan, but I'm a big Star Wars fan. And uh, the reason I like Star Wars is lightsaber fights. Like... That's what I like. That's what I enjoy. I actually do like the prequels because the lightsaber battles are m- way more advanced than they were in the originals. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah for sure. You know, but uh, so, yeah, like the fight uh, at the end of episode three, like that's my jam. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that is good stuff. And there is plenty of lightsaber in this trailer. It looks like there is a uh, almost like a uh, uh, Jedi bounty hunter has come to Tatooine almost um not not like in visual, but like a general grievous where they he didn't he wasn't a Jedi but used lightsabers. So we're gonna get plenty of that in this one. I have a feeling. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm look, looking forward to it. Um, every Friday night, I have my son, and uh, he and I will watch a vintage movie that he's never seen. And last Friday was A New Hope. We oh, start nice. So this so tomorrow because we're recording this on a Thursday. Tomorrow is uh, Empire Strikes Back. And I'm, oh, I'm just man. really excited to see the scene, you know, where Vader's like, I am your father. Yeah. I want to see what he does and see how he reacts. Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. How how did he react to uh, Star Wars? Uh, did, um, he, what, did he dig it? Yeah, I think he liked it okay. Uh, he has watched, uh, I think he watched a little bit of Boba Fett with me mm. and, and a little bit of Mandalorian. So he's he's familiar with some of it already. And, and, you know, you pick up on stuff. It's been out for so long. Like, he probably even already knows that Vader's Luke's father. But I just want to see how he reacts. Maybe he will, he'll forget or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, cool. That's 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 fantastic. Uh, you know what? What are some what are some of the other movies that you've watched with you with your son since you said you're you're showing him a whole bunch of classics? Oh, geez. We've been doing this for I want to say like two years ago we started this. And, you know, I have him almost every Friday night. Um, except for rare occasions where I'm at a Comic-Con or something. But uh, we did the Narnia movies recently. Oh, cool. Uh, he really, really liked those. Oh, man, Ernest. We've done Ernest movies. We've done <laughs> Sandlot. I mean, just all the classics. Drop Dead Fred. I mean, I just all, all uh, Little Giants. I mean, we've just done so many over the last couple of years. Just a little bit of everything. That's, that's man, awesome. I haven't seen a lot of those, but... That's, yeah, well, that's that's me. That's you. Well, really. you, you haven't watched a whole lot. You, you of can yeah. come over Friday night. You can hop in bed with us. <laughs> so let's see some of the other news that we're gonna go over here. Oh, I was gonna oh, say real yeah, quick go for it. about Obi Wan. It's about time for Jedi's. Yeah, mm-hmm. none of the other stuff has been Jedi related at all. I'm re- I'm ready. I'm yeah. ready for Jedi. It's time for Jedi. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I'm glad they didn't interject a whole lot of. I mean, yeah, you had. Uh, Grogu and stuff like that in Mandalorian and Luke but, and Luke a little bit, but like, I'm glad they have left it minimalist with the Jedi up until this point. So that's, yeah, it's, you're right. It's yeah. time. Gives you something to be excited about. Yep. It's Jedi time now. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, speaking of Disney plus, uh, this is kind of a quick hit, but uh, 
all of those Netflix Marvel shows like Daredevil, Punisher, Jessica Jones, all of those. And Iron Fist. Uh, maybe. Maybe they might cut Iron they Fist. They might cut Iron Fist wow. and just have him in Defenders, from what <laughs> I understand. But uh, Disney Plus is going to be picking up all of those shows, which is good, but also kind of a, I don't know, kind of a weird stretch because those shows were a significantly darker those are hard r <laughs> they were shows. they were hard r yeah especially jessica jones yeah <laughs> for sure but uh um but yeah disney plus they're all under the same roof so who knows maybe some of these characters will pop up in uh i mean i know daredevil has already popped up in the most recent spider-man oh um, spoiler geez. oh jeez oh, oh god sorry about that Whoops. man i didn't know that i didn't know i i thought sh- oh sorry about that oh yeah i've seen it I've okay seen it. <laughs> oh god okay oh <laughs> oh man <laughs> Gave me a heart got, attack there for a second. Got man. <laughs> you got us. <laughs> but uh, he's a really good lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. <laughs> but no, they're coming to Disney Plus. That's really cool. I would have thought Hulu. I would have thought they'd put them on Hulu. Yeah, that's, that's kind, kind of, of where the darker stuff ends up. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, uh, for me as a comic book collector, I really want those characters to hit the MCU because from where I'm sitting right now, I can see my first appearance of the Punisher, my first appearance of Iron Iron Fist, my first appearance of Jessica Jones. It's like. Let's get him in the NCU and make me some money. <laughs> yeah, there we there we go. <laughs> I loved Jessica Jones and um, Luke Cage. Like, oh, they're yeah. both really good shows. Those are really good. Um, the only one I really didn't like was Iron Fist, but I think that's everyone yeah, didn't really was, like Iron Fist. It was okay. It yeah. could have been a lot better that's, for sure. That's just it. Com- I guess compared to the other ones, it was yeah. it wasn't great, but it it was just fine. Jessica Jones was surprisingly good. Yes. Like that first season with Purple Man, I mean, mm-hmm. that was that was amazing. Like he's one of the best villains like in the MCU period. Oh, I yeah. think. Yeah, so fantastic. So creep just creepy and just kind of yep. yeah, and man. David Tennant's just a good actor too. Well, that's too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and a good doctor. Oh. He's got his PhD. <laughs> uh, in time travel. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, let's do some other movie stuff. Um, so this is a kind of a weird one. Uh, kind of came out of nowhere. Apparently, there is talks of a second Beetlejuice movie starring Michael Keaton and uh, Winona Ryder, like 20, 30 years after the after the fact. Uh, this is weird. Yeah. Why now? Of all of all times. There's part of me that wants to be cynical and be like, why they got to bring everything back? Why don't they make it? The other part of me is like, yes, I want more Beetlejuice. Yeah. Of course I want more Beetlejuice. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I'm I'm in. Yeah, I mean, please don't mess it up, but I'm in. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I mean... I, I don't think they um I know Mike I don't think Michael Keaton would attach himself to a project at this point in his career that he that wasn't going to be good. He's not he's not to the point where he's just trying mm. to make a quick buck, you know, between Birdman and being in uh the Spider-Man and you know doing everything. I think yeah, and and the weirdest thing is apparently it's being worked on by Brad Pitt's production company. <laughs> which is kind of a weird stretch again, but you know, just because it's attached to Brad Pitt doesn't mean it's not going to be good. <laughs> right. Beetle yeah. pit. Be- beetle pit. Beetle pit. Yeah. Beetle pit. There we go. Rattle juice. <laughs> <laughs> that's the better one. That's yeah, the better joke. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. I just wonder if they'll inter- uh, use any of the uh, original script for Beetlejuice too, because there was a script for it uh, where, 
no, this is not a joke. This is not a goof. It was going to be called Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian, and it was going to be set in Hawaii. It was like a going to be like a direct to DVD or direct to VHS like sequel with him going to a tropical setting and and finding sandworms or something. Be- yes, <laughs> spooking people up on the beach. Pretty much, yeah. It was. I mean, it was of that time that you know they were. It was the gimmick, the gimmick sequel almost. Yeah. Yeah, for me, being being a '80s and '90s kid, I don't know Michael Keaton. Anytime he's in something, I'm I'm in. Like, oh, dude, he can yeah. do no wrong in my eyes. I can't think of something he's done that hasn't been good. Same here. Yeah, I. Uh, There's got to be something, but yeah, I can't he, think of anything. He, even the bit parts that he's done, like um, oh, what was the uh, the other guys with uh, Will Ferrell and uh, Marky Mark? Uh, he was their uh, police chief. Who had a like? Oh, a, that's right. Yeah, and he, and he had like right. a, a a second job at like a, a Home Depot or something. <laughs> oh yeah, this, he was talking about TLC all the time. <laughs> talking about TLC, yeah. <laughs> Don't go chasing waterfalls. No, yep. is that is that a TLC song? No, I'm pretty sure it's not. <laughs> yeah, no. I I think Beetlejuice might be one of my top five favorite movies of all time. Just it's it's period. up there. Yeah, I was, yeah. For me, it's definitely up there as well. I'll allow it. I'll yeah. allow it. That's one of those. I, I don't know that I'd put it in my top five. It's but if if you know if somebody said that's my favorite movie of all time, I'd be like, good for you. I appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would say top ten for me. I mean, top ten, maybe top twenty five somewhere. It's definitely up there. So last bit of movie news here before we get into some some video game stuff. There's a trailer for a really. Um, I mean, it's right up our alley. It's kind of a weird one. It's called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. It's a very unwieldy name, but. Um, the the main thrust of this film is Nicolas Cage is playing himself in a movie where he is hired by a uh, a, a dr- Colombian drug runner to basically become his best friend because he loves Nicolas Cage movies so much. And he's going through and playing uh, different like basically playing all of his old film roles uh, on screen. Uh, next to uh, Javier Bardem. No, not Javier Bardem. It was, his... it was uh, Pablo. Uh, pa- yeah, Pablo Pascal, Pablo the, Pac- the Mandalorian Pascal, the himself. Yeah, yeah. So it's like this uh, weird comedy action drama kind of thing, and it's Nicolas Cage just caging it up all over the place. And he ends up helping the United States government to catch this guy that's also hiring him. Yeah, kind of like a double cross. He's he's playing a double agent. Yeah, and also himself. And also himself. <laughs> And I mean, as long as he goes, put the bunny down. I'm, I'm <laughs> oh, he was def. He definitely uh, is channeling some uh, wild hearts uh, in there. He definitely had a little bit of the. Um, I think at one point he was talking to the CIA folks, and I think he thought he was playing um, his character from National La- uh, National Treasure. I almost said National <laughs> Lampoons. National Treasure. <laughs> National Lampoons. National Treasure. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> same same thing. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it it looks it looks weird and it looks great. Um, you I know, hope, I hope he plays this character from Vampire's Kiss. Oh, that would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Also, was that Raising Arizona? Is that was that Raising him? Arizona? Is one That's of them. Such a good yeah. movie. It is a really good one. Yeah. Um, no, I just uh, I I I love this renaissance of Nicolas Cage. I mean, it's it's a it's a bummer because he's doing it because he needs money, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Which is also yeah, part sure. of the joke. Yeah, I'm sure, she's sh- hurting for sure. Yeah, but uh, but it's great to just see him just go all out with 
everything he's done lately. Yeah, I think every third episode of this show, we end up talking about Nick Cage. We do. We talk about him a good deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Uh, he's just, he's one of those guys, kind of like Willem Dafoe a little bit, where they just take everything almost. And it's, uh, unlike Willem Dafoe, not everything he touches is gold, but... <laughs> Nick, Nick Cage will strike gold about every five or six movies. There's one that's like, that was good. Oh, was yeah. Really good. Yeah. I mean, you get the and he has such a range as well. Like he'll go from just the goofy, wacky, like uh, yep. Willy's Wonderland, like, you know, bare bones premise and just nothing to uh, something like Pig, which I really really liked i keep and, hearing that and i yeah. haven't watched it yet yeah uh, I, I won't it's s- on one of the streaming services yeah, yeah. it's on hulu yeah hulu. that's where i watched it yeah maybe i, I will check that out yeah um, i won't spoil it for you but like it's don't go in expecting it to be it's a weird premise so don't but don't go in expecting it to be like a weirdo movie it's actually just just solid yeah, I go in as blind as you can. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember reading like whatever the description. I was like, that sounds weird. So I was like, eh, maybe not. But uh, like the Weatherman. Did you ever see that one? Oh yeah, yeah. Ah, that was a really good movie. I mean, period. Not even just for a Nick Cage movie, just a solid movie all around. So mm-hmm. he's got chops when he wants to. He does. He absolutely does. And uh, see, I I like my weird Cage though. Like, did you ever see Parents? Parents. I don't think I, think I saw was, that one. Maybe it was called. No, I think it was parents. It's it's one where a disease uh, <coughs> spreads that through a neighborhood that makes parents want to murder their children. Oh, I remember seeing a trailer for this. I think. Yeah, he's huh. he is ridiculous in that movie that, and makes the movie. Really? <laughs> yeah. As oh, crazy great. dad who wants to kill his kids. Oh, jeez, that's oh, great. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe I'm thinking of another movie called Parents. I want to look it up. Okay. But uh, I was going to bring up, uh, you know, some of the uh, the horror stuff he's done lately, like uh, Mandy and uh, the was a color of uh, color out of space. I think is what it was called. Um, those are both really, really solid. If you're into like psychedelic horror, kind of um, crazy visuals and just all sorts of bonkers stuff, uh, those are really good as well. Hmm. I've not heard of those. Yeah, uh, Mandy's. Great. Don't watch it with, definitely don't watch it with kids. <laughs> yeah, Mandy's cool though. So not a Friday night movie is what you're saying? I would say it's not a, probably not a Friday night movie. No, I would maybe, maybe a Friday late, late night after the, after the kids have, kids gone to bed. But uh, yeah, definitely, nef- definitely not a uh, family time. <laughs> I would say. <laughs> oh no, it's called mom and dad. Oh yeah. Okay. It's mom and dad. Parents is a movie with like Randy Quaid in it. Oh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Mom and Dad is the name of the movie, and it's okay. it's, it's a wild time. Yeah, I will have to check that one out, because that sounds, again, goofy, crazy Nick, Nick Cage is Ch- where yeah, I'm at. Yeah, chasing around kids with a, with a hand like not a hand an electric hand <laughs> Really? Oh, Just wow. Just yelling at the top of his lungs. Uh, uh, we've all been there. Yeah, <laughs> well, sure, yeah. <laughs> all right. This next one's kind of a follow-up to a news thing we had a couple weeks ago. We are talking about uh, John DiMaggio, the voice of Bender from Futurama, was possibly not coming back to the uh, reboot uh, or new season, whatever it is, this ends up being, of Futurama. Um, and we said at the time, oh, this is going to blow over. This is almost not a news story because they're going to come to some kind of agreement. It, it was all over pay, uh, fair wages, but we said, uh, you know what? They're gonna they're gonna figure this thing out, and it's gonna be a, a non-issue. Well, guess what? 
<laughs> they figured it out. Yeah. They figured it out. It's a non-issue. Uh, uh, he he's John DiMaggio. He deserves to get paid, you know, fairly. Yeah, and I'm glad they worked it out. Yeah, like usually I'm, I usually wit am a little wishy washy when it comes to actors saying that they're holding out for more money and for certain things. But in this particular case, yeah, I'm a hundred percent on uh, DiMaggio's side. I'm glad he I'm glad he's getting paid, and I hope what his bump in pay kind of trickles down to the rest of the cast because, um, you know, Billy West and, you know, the rest of them. Katie they, Siegel. Katie Siegel, yeah. They they all deserve a pretty substantial bump as far as I'm concerned. Because Futurama's great. Yeah, they should be making near Simpsons level money. Uh, I, I agree. I would agree. For oh. a show that iconic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so, Cody, why don't you uh, tell me a little bit about this uh, PlayStation uh, State of Play? Let's um, do the Pokemon first, since oh, we mentioned it. Yes, let's talk about they, that. They did announce a brand new Pokemon game in the fr- mainline game in the franchise, Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet. Uh, they said a lot of stuff about open world. Nothing super concrete, though. Nothing concrete. A lot of uh, sweeping, sweeping shots of like vistas of graphics of dubious quality. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, like what you would expect from Pokemon, from, maybe yeah. a little better. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's interesting that this uh, new region that they're doing is set more in um, Spain, which is kind of cool. Uh, a lot yeah. of the architecture and stuff like that. It's pretty neat. And they did show the three starters. It's a, it's a cat, it's a duck, and a little crocodile look like a hot pepper. Yeah, they're they're pretty they're pretty solid as far as new Pokemon go. Yeah, uh, new Pokemon. They just I don't know. There's something that about them that just they're not quite as iconic you didn't grow, the, you didn't grow up with them well that's probably <laughs> yeah. it yeah <laughs> i like the, the hot pepper crocodile boy that's the one i'll pick oh that duck with the uh the pompadour without a doubt donald duck too pretty much yeah that's probably what his name's gonna be <laughs> um but that's that there's not a whole lot of that but it, we would be remiss if we didn't mention it sure so anyway, uh, sony state of play their little uh mini uh direct like news direct kind of thing uh yeah why don't you tell me about some of these games let's see they had a new capcom ip called exo primal which is a game about wearing an iron man suit in a world where sometimes dinosaurs rain out of the sky that is yeah (laughs) there's there's no real other way to describe it there a, a portal opens up and thousands of dinosaurs just pour out of it and you have to go punch them in a robot suit it's kind of great. <laughs> they literally open with like a dinosaur weather report, which is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it looks like fun. It's it's a that's a strong concept, I would say. <laughs> it was a strong way to lead off the their their direct. Yeah. As well. That was one of those meetings where everybody was getting fired and he was like, Johnson, what do you got? And he was just like, uh, 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 Iron Man fights dinosaurs. That follows yeah. guy. <laughs> <guy." laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he was like dinosaurs. And then it started raining outside. and He's like. Rain, dinosaur rain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I kind of wish that this uh, was uh, Dino Crisis, though. Yeah, the, there's even a girl in the m- opening movie they showed that looks a lot like Regina from Dino Crisis. But uh, this is apparently a new IP, even though it's not the first time Capcom has gone to the dinosaur well. <laughs> well, you know, that's true. Uh, what is the next thing? Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. They actually showed off a little bit of uh, gameplay of this one. This one's uh, announced, what, a couple years ago? Yeah. Yeah. 
It's it was announced long ago enough ago that Bethesda was not owned by Microsoft. Oh yeah, because yeah. this is a Bethesda game. Oh, that's right, it is, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, yeah, so this one it's uh, basically you're fighting uh, Japanese ghosts and monsters in Tokyo, and instead of a gun, you have you're doing like hand gestures and doing shooting Naru- fireballs, Naruto hands. Yeah, basically. Uh, I think it's an interesting uh, twist on like the first person shooter. Yeah, it's cool to see a first person shooter where there isn't guns. That's an interesting twist. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of first person shooters with guns, there's a new Gundam. It's either 4v4 or 6v6 like arena fighter shooter shooter game. Kind of like an Overwatch or something like that. Yeah, a first person shooter, which I don't think first person shooter is that great of a a vehicle for Gundam because then you can't see the cool robot that you yeah. are. And also it's not like in the com it's not in the cockpit. Like you don't have like the cool like it doesn't feel like you're in the Gundam. It just feels like you are the Gundam. Are, are, which, yeah, you are the robot. I I don't think it plays into the strengths of the franchise. Uh, this game would have worked better if it were a uh, Transformers IP, I think, instead of a Gundam IP. Because yeah. that way it would make a little more sense that you are the you are the fighting robot and not yeah. Plus, the graphics just look kind of flat to me. Yeah, it was I don't know. weird. I don't know if it's supposed to emulate like the uh, those those model kits that you get the gun the gunpla. Is that yeah, what they're called? It, yeah, yeah. Because it certainly didn't look like anime. No, it didn't. But it definitely didn't look good. Yeah. Let's see. There's uh, they showed off a little more of the Final Fantasy Strangers of Paradise. Strangers. Of- yeah, Str- strangers from Paradise. Strangers in Paradise. I don't remember. But it's the one that's an action game, kind of Souls-esque action game that retells the story of Final Fantasy 1 with some other stuff. Yeah. And it looks really weird and bizarre, but also interesting. Interesting enough, yeah. There's um, also a demo now, which is the third time they put out a demo for it. Yeah, hopefully this one goes a little bit better than the first couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the one I'm I'm really interested in, there is a... Uh, they're doing a uh, collection of um, all of a lot of the classic uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles games, uh, including a lot of the uh, arcade stuff like Turtles in Time and uh, and that, as well as uh, Nintendo and Super Nintendo and some Game Boy. Actually, yeah, uh, I remember uh, the first one that they show in that trailer is actually the Game Boy game Turtles game that I had <laughs> as a kid, and that game was incredibly difficult, frustratingly difficult. A lot of which, those Turtles games. Which are. Turtle games? You talking about the uh, the the first one for regular Nintendo? Uh, yeah, that's going to be part of it. I I oh, had the first yeah. one for uh, for Game Boy, but uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, but they um, yeah, they have all the the Nintendo and Super Nintendo ones. They have Tournament Fighter, which is Tournament be, Fighters is an excellent game. It's a fantastic game. So uh, yeah, and the best part is this thing is not a PlayStation exclusive. It's actually coming to you know Xbox, Switch, and Steam. I think I saw. Um, I'm I'm glad that children will get to experience the damn level from the NES game like <laughs> I did. <laughs> Enjoy that electric seaweed or whatever that is in there. Oh, that game man. was so hard. Yeah. That was ridiculous. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's blow through a couple of these. Uh, we have Forspoken, a game that's probably never going to come out. <laughs> it's another Square Enix thing. Uh, looks like it act it like an action game, open world action game. Just got pushed back, didn't it? Yeah, till October. Yeah, for uh, now, and then it probably will be pushed back again because that's all it. That's all that happens to this game. Yeah. Um, there is a uh, Giga Bash, which is right up my alley. It's a uh, a, 
a fighting game where you are a giant, uh, giant uh, Godzilla-sized kaiju, and you're smashing buildings and fighting other people playing as giant kaiju. It reminds me of that PlayStation 2 game. I think it was called like War of Monsters. Destroy All Monsters. Yeah, Destroy All Monsters. Yeah, that's kind of what it looks like. and it or, looks K- or King of Monsters, something. the SNK one. Oh, yeah, King yeah. of Monsters. That's a good one, too. Uh, but that looks great. Uh, they're remaking the uh, JoJo. They're re-releasing rather the uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All Star Battle, um, which, if you have seen the anime of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, this game looks like it's ripped straight out of the the cartoon. The, the original version, I think, was just not lucky enough to get to come out when it exploded in America. Yeah, it was just like right on the it verge right on of the verge. before JoJo blew up. Yeah, yeah. So it makes sense for them to re-release it. Mm-hmm. Um, what can you tell me about uh, Trek to Yomi? This is, it looks like a two and a half D black and white samurai, like a, a Kurosawa style samurai movie video game. <laughs> yeah, it looks really stylish. Yeah. Like it's, it looks like a samurai movie. Almost, yeah. But very stylized. Yeah, it's very cool. Looking. It's got the blood spray. Yeah, yeah. All black and white. It's very cool. Yeah. Um, we have a couple more here. Um, uh, Returnal's getting an update. I, I've heard that game's good. I've never played it, but, uh, they're adding a bunch of stuff to it and co- campaign co-op. Um, sure. Okay. Yeah. That's something. <laughs> um, there's another strategy game coming out from Square Enix called, was it Dio Field Chronicles? Dio Field Chronicles. Yeah. It's, a. Uh, for the best way, best way for me to describe it, it looks like um, XCOM, but fi- but uh, uh, fantasy kind of. <laughs> but, but make it Fire Emblem. <laughs> yeah, it looks like Fire Emblem a lot, actually. Um, def- not something that's up my alley. No, I'm not interested in this. <laughs> but then again, I'm not usually interested in a lot of like fantasy games and stuff like that. Fire Emblem is enough for me. I don't need other Fire Emblems in yeah, my life. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, the last one is uh, what we're suspecting is a spinoff of uh, Valkyrie. Valkyrie Profile, the the Valkyrie Profile franchise. Yeah, I don't know anything about this. All I know is it's a JRPG. I've okay. never actually played a Valkyrie Profile game, but this is not a JRPG. This is an action game. Looks kind of Souls-esque. Um, I, it looked neat. I would give it a try. You're a Valkyrie. You're going around sorting monsters like yeah i mean sure why not it's got a good art style yeah. and it's pretty looking yeah overall pretty um pretty okay uh press conference i guess i'm i'm kind of bummed that they didn't show off some of the bigger games like uh final fantasy 16 yeah that was, everybody or... was expecting um final fantasy 16 and street fighter Six. There's no way they have anything done on Street Fighter <laughs> Six. They made that trailer for, and that is all they have done. But uh, yeah, um, yeah. Overall, I mean, you know, I'm looking forward to the TMNT. I'm looking forward to Exo Primal because that co- the concept is just bonkers. But that's, I mean, that's pretty much it. Exo Primal looked a lot like uh, EA's massive failure uh, anthem. It did, but more fun. <laughs> That wouldn't be difficult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, all right. So I think we've pretty much hit time here. So before we uh, wrap things up, uh, again, I want to thank Josh uh, for coming on the show. Uh, do you want to take a minute and uh, plug all your stuff before we get out of here? 
Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, to, to all the listeners out there, you know, if you like shows like uh, Sweet Tooth and Lock and Key and so many other, uh, Why the Last Man, even though that got canceled, I guess. But uh, any of those shows, I mean, those are based off independent comic books. And uh, the way the shows like that and movies like that get made are by supporting independent comics. Um, if you're listening in Ohio, which more than likely you are, um, there's a wellspring of independent comic creators in Ohio. You just have to search them out. And we're one of them. Uh, Cutthroat Comics is based out of Finley. Uh, we got Turkey Sharks 1 and 2 on Kickstarter right now. If you like uh, silly yet also kind of serious superhero adventures. Um, and uh, we've got a horror anthology, Tales and Shock and Terror, also on Kickstarter. If you like uh, death and destruction and blood and mayhem. All right. Well, Josh Nealis, thank you again for coming on the show. We really appreciate it, man. You, Absolutely. You, you filled a Josh-sized hole in our... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> our uh, cast today yeah <laughs> all right so uh so yeah uh, you've been listening to nerd overload thank you very much for tuning in you can find us each and every day over at nerd overload as well as on uh, social media such as facebook twitter twitch instagram and patreon at nerd overload now you can send us an email at staff at nerdoverload.com. Uh, you can give us a call on the Nerd Overload hotline. That number is 586-372-8020. Uh, leave us a voicemail and we might play it on this show. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, you can also find us on uh, various podcast apps such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. And finally, I'd like to thank David Pencil for the use of our intro and outro. You can find more of his stuff over at davidpencil.com. So again, thank you all for tuning in, and we will be back next week. Pizza out. This show was sponsored in part by Dark Iron Cosplay Designs in the Marion Center Mall. <laughs>